welcome to Night Making Down Under podcast. This is um, episode five. Um, today we've got a very special guest with us. We've got uh, Jamie Bishop, who's uh, known around the world as the Sausage Man. Uh, so it's going to be good to have a bit of a chat with Jamie. Um, he's sitting here right next to me at the moment. So we're going to bring him in on the on the podcast uh, reasonably soon. Um, so as usual, presenting the podcast, you've got... Corin Urquhart, uh, who's um, with Gamico. You've got Mert Tansu from Tansu Knives, and you've got me, Kevin Slattery from Kev's Forge. Um, how are you guys going? All right? Yeah, good, man. Yeah, going not, well, not mate. Very, very busy, but going well. Um, what's what's been happening in your worlds uh, in you know a brief way over the last week since we last chatted? Well. I'll go ahead. I just I just finished. Uh, well, I plan to bring a wood knife to Sydney knife show, but I haven't had a chance to finish it. So this week I managed to finish it, and I made a sire matching sire go with the ironwood. So that's all I done this week, and I took a pictures of it, and that was pretty much my week. I'm I'm quite yeah, happy the way it came out, and so I just want to make something a little bit different than just like making a Japanese style. I I want to make it my own style representing myself so i made that one and that's pretty much all i've done this week i heard a rumor. yeah that was a pretty pretty freaking cool knife that was a cool knife i heard a rumor mert that um you're gonna make a sword mate uh look it's yes and no i would love to make a sword but one thing is because i make kitchen knives and i use square for my payment system the second i will announce that i'm making any kind of knives other than kitchen knives like if i say that i want to make hunting knives or swords a square will block my account so this happened to a friend of ours chad two years ago at the city knife show and they found square found the one picture of a hunting knife chad ever did and they claimed that there was a weapon and they were not supporting people who are selling weapons and his account got shut down although a we've lot got a way around that man we've got a way around that Okay. Okay. Well. Yeah. You you just tell them that you're making a pork sword, and they won't know. There'll be a food-related product then. Food-related. I think I'm gonna have a hard time trying to disguise like a big-ass sword and like a. This is my carving knife. Tell them it's a Kransky sword. Cut up Kranskys. Yeah. <laughs> what have you been up to, Corin? Uh, mate, this week has been insane for us. There's um. A lot of orders going out the door. We're totally snowed under. And um, we've had a whole lot of other things going on that resolving a lot of business issues. As people are aware, we haven't been coping lately. So we're just uh, in the process of changing a whole bunch of processes. This sort of thing needs to happen when um, your, your business model changes as much as ours has in the last five years where we've gone from sending sort of 10 or 15 big orders a day to, you know, 70 to 100 small orders a day. So it's... Um, yeah, it's just a process problem and we're trying to get on top of it, but it's uh, it's been hard going. And then in my spare time, knife making related, I've been uh, working on my die filer. So you can see that on Instagram, I've made up some, or Facebook as well, I've made up some uh, holders for the files and I'm about to organise a bolt buy on files so that, um, well, so that I can get some files. And um, that's pretty cool. And the last thing was... On Tuesday night, I happened to be in Melbourne and I went to the Melbourne Knife Makers Meet at Le Monde Hotel and saw a bunch of great people uh, who make great stuff. So that was that was a really 
you know, good fun knife makers meet, get to catch up with everybody and have a few drinks and good feed and listen to some music. So is that a regular thing? Because I haven't really heard anything about a knife makers meet up in Melbourne. Well, the funny thing about these meets, Kev, is that somebody has to organise them. And uh, uh, I was going down to Melbourne, so I organised one. It would be really good if somebody... Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, the first time I saw that there was a meet-up in Melbourne was through your fucking thing. So obviously, yeah, that, that explains that. <laughs> so I just said, you know, anyone want to come? And, and you know, we got, we got six people at, you know, three days' notice. So that, that was all right. Um, that's good you know it's Sean McIntyre and um, Christian Matheson Sam Passy Dom DB Blades and Rob mate it was it was a really nice really nice night and I probably drank too much and probably said some things I shouldn't have but that's what happens so you know it's all good this weekend this weekend Christian Matheson's having a meet up and a hammer in at his place through uh, for the guild I believe so for those that are members of the guild and he might have extended it further but mostly i think it's for the guild members yeah so we'll i reckon what we do is we actually we'll give um christian a call um maybe part of our next podcast because they will have had that event um and we can get a bit of a rundown on how it all went um because you know he, he christian um for those that don't know christian um you know basically almost worked himself into the ground with um, his role in the guild and was always really proactive or is really proactive with this sort of stuff. Um, so he's a busy man with what he does work-wise. So it's pretty freaking awesome um, that he puts his hand up to run these events. And from what I've seen on his Facebook post, um, there's a there's a reasonable amount of interest. So it's good to see. Like I said, if you don't organize, if you don't organize this stuff, it doesn't happen. And if you don't show up to this stuff when it is organized, it won't happen. So anyone out there that's listening and, you know, thinking about events in their local area, um, why aren't they happening? Because no one's putting their hand up. Jump in, jump on board and if you can, you know, pick a pub and go down and tell people to meet up at a pub and have some drinks, talk shit. Uh, it's a good way to meet those around you. It's all it really So sorry, that was a... Yeah, yeah. And I, I, when you guys had them up at, um, up at Sydney, I, I drove up a couple of times um, up and back just for the, you know, I guess the challenge of doing that. And it was good fun to see everyone up there. So, you know, if you got them in your local area, that's that's a, like an absolute bonus, I reckon. Yeah, the um, If you've got enough night, mate. Yeah, go on. I was going to say the Gamaco ones will kick off again, I, I would say, as the, as the summer months come on. Um, they're talking about it. You remember we used to move all our stock down into the bottom room and then we used to bring people up the back and it was all pretty sketchy, which is, you know, I mean, it's me, right? So what do you want? But now we've got yeah. this truck all decked out with lighting and everything in it. The plan is to set the truck up, out, you know, put that, that out the front, and then everybody can sort of come and they can go up in the truck. But I think the guys are just a bit soft and waiting for some warmer weather. So yeah, they're talking about Well, you guys don't even understand. Even in Sydney, you don't understand what winter is. So... You there, Mert? Yes, I am. You there, Kev? Yeah. Sorry, just seemed to glitch. No, uh, yeah, we're here. Cool. Um, it, just a shout out for Christian, Matheson underscore knives on Instagram. Yeah. So, um, our, our shout outs normally happen later in the podcast, obviously, 
Um, but I think he's deserving of an early early one, and we'll shout him out again and give his details at the end. Yep. Yeah. So it sounds like um, you guys have had you know a decent amount of stuff on for the week. Um, you know, I've had a bit of contact from people since the last podcast that they listened to um, with my entertaining story about how I, I minced my thumb up. Um, my, my knife making week has been um, almost non-existent again. Uh, my mate Brad from down here in Canberra, Brad Heathcote, uh, Heathcote Knives, we'll give him a shout out later. Uh, he popped around last night and that's the first time I've been in my workshop um, for the last week because I'm still trying to avoid um, infecting this thumb. And I realised picking a few things up that uh, I'm probably still going to be a little bit away from doing anything because it's still, you know, reasonably tender. Jamie's sitting here looking at my thumb, uh, shaking his head and nodding his head and just looking at it pretty grotesquely. Uh, but it's coming along. You know, I'll, yeah, I'll get back into it. Can, can I yeah, call my... you little thing? Can I call you little finger from now on? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can call. I prefer that you call me Tom Thumb. <laughs> 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 or not, actually. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so as I said just then, I um, you know we've got Jamie Bishop here. Jamie's um, um, really kindly um, come to Canberra. He was meant to come down for a number of things, which plans have all changed. Um, but he's come down to deliver me uh, a new piece of equipment for my workshop, which is pretty awesome. I managed to um, score a uh, wall-down drill press. I put the call out online a little while ago about, you know, needing a benchtop drill press. Um, and Matt McVicker actually um, found this one for sale at a really good price. And he wanted some parts that went with it and didn't want the drill. Um, and I wanted the drill and not the parts that came with it. So uh, we got all excited until we realised that it was uh, up in Newcastle. So I put the shout out to um, Jamie and Riley and co uh, and Jamie kindly put his hand up to bring this drill down to me. So I'm going to be a member of the wall down club. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to work for me. I'll probably end up drilling a hole through my fucking finger. <laughs> Seems to happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's with us now. And and I thought it was, hey, kill two birds with one stone while Jamie's here. Let's have him as our guest on the podcast. So uh, welcome, Jamie. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, oh, no worries, mate. Sausage man. Sausage man. Yes, yeah, so I've definitely been feeling the uh, the knife making down under podcast love. You know, uh, every now and again, it'll uh, my name will crop up. I, I have no idea why, but <clears throat> obviously you guys uh, love my sausage, so you know it's uh, it's yeah. uh, becoming a bit of a habit. I think there's there's video evidence of the fact that I get very excited when you when <laughs> oh, you walk up more behind than one me. photo yeah. <laughs> when you walk up behind me um, with your sausage out. Um, and especially when I'm near Mert. So there seems to be this little triangle of go, going on between you, me, and Mert that Mert and I tend to fight over your sausage. Oh, yeah, no, well, you, you guys definitely dial it up to the okay, next okay. night. Okay. So. People don't have some ideas. Jamie, why don't you tell us how this sausage man thing started? Because when I tell people, people like, oh, Jamie is here, they're like, who, cool, Jamie, who am I? Sausage man, like, oh, yeah, we know him. Tell us how the sausage man thing all started. <laughs> Let, let's not let's not mix the truth in and let's hear from Jamie about uh, it, how he became the sausage man. It was simply the fact that you know uh, he used to take Kransky or Truth or whatever on my camping, and then uh, one Easter, you know, you're in a camping area. There's it's normally for about a hundred people. And there's there's probably a thousand people there, and 
everyone's camping on top of each other. And um, I pegged a couple of young fellas that were in the camp next to us going to be rowdy that night, you know, because that's what I was like when I was their age. So I did a bit of a fry up the old sausage and took it over to them. And lo and behold, 10 o'clock that night, they're all starting to fire up, loud music, carrying on, throwing bottles and stuff. And so I went back over with another plate of, you know, of Kransky and they're like, oh, yeah, sausage man, how's it going? And within, you know, two minutes, Adam convinced to turn the music down and because the kids are trying to get to sleep and everyone was, uh, everyone was happy and no one got the head punched in. And so the old uh, sausage man was born just out of, you know, necessity of not, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I don't want to be a fighter if I don't have to be. So, you know, we, uh, we worked it out that way. But every time I go camping, you know, I take the old sausage along and we're at Iron Fest. And I noticed everyone wasn't having any lunch. So I thought, well, fuck it, I'll have a fryer. And I uh, took it around and everyone's just like, that's awesome. And then the next thing out of their mouth was, you're never coming again if you don't bring the sausage with you. And so I'm like, well, okay, this is a thing now. I, it's a, my buy-in to turn up to things is bring the sausage along. So, yeah. And the old, uh, exactly. Well, that, you know, that's just an extension of what we were doing previous to that. So, yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's, um, that's kind of where, um, you know, I guess Sausage Man for me um, was the first knife show that Jamie was at. And, and rocked up with the fry pan full of uh, the Kransky and stuff. It's like, holy shit, this is awesome. And then, you know, that's what we associate um, the Sausage Man with now. Um, and his fame, his fame's actually gone global. There's, I there's a little, now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There might have been a little bit of um, um, assistance in the whole process, but his fame went global and uh, he ended up with a Sausage Man forge Instagram page and a Sausage Man Forge Facebook page, if I'm right. And, um, you know, we got friends over in America that all of a sudden were contacting uh, Jamie and, and liking his posts online. And, oh, mate, Jamie, he was starting to get a little bit worried, actually. Who, who, was, who was one of the one the, the key ones? Oh, that... the, the, the biggest one that's, you know, always hammering me about stuff Mr. Jeff Fetter. He keeps, you know chiming in on my uh, Instagram posts, which is pretty funny, just random. And I'm pretty sure I've got Kev to think about that one. Because, <laughs> you know, there was a couple of things Kev posted that and, and Fed is like, who's this sausage man guy? You know, and it's just like, yeah. So, um, yeah, that, and, and, I mean, I'm just blown away by that stuff. You know, I'm just, it's just me, you know, doing my thing. And um, you're getting random stuff like that, you know. Yeah. It's, you know, we're hanging out with some uh, Scottish blacksmiths at the uh, the uh, artist blacksmiths forging in July, and so those guys are like, "Yeah, anytime you're in Scotland, swing by and you know, cook us some sausage." And I'm like, "Oh, dear God, here we go." So yeah, it's uh, it's a thing. Yeah, I remember getting a message from Jamie going. <laughs> this Jeff Fader stalking me. <laughs> I'm like. Ah. Don't worry about him. He's all right. <laughs> I wouldn't say stalking, but I found it. I found it. It's just like you know, who am I for him to be chiming in? But you know, I, I really like the gesture because it means a lot. That uh, you know, and he's he's definitely a fella that's good up for a good laugh. So you know, he uh, I like it because it's uh, you know means that we're all well rounded and we're all good blokes that like having a laugh. So I think so. Um, we were you were a blade show um, with. Um, Bjorn and Creative Man this year with, uh, and all of us guys were there as well. Um, and you, you would have got a chance to meet these guys face to face. How was that? Oh, that was, um, 
it's it's one of those things where you know you, you go all uh fanboy and get too excited and almost you know flap your arms and piss your pants because you're so excited as opposed to going i'm just going to play this cool <laughs> one of those guys that come up and go even though you're having a conversation with a person you really know i'm just going to step in between you so i can get a selfie with you and i'm like i'm not going to be that guy because those guys are irritating as fuck aren't they? i mean really and there was kevin uh Mareko doing um you know bicep bloody <laughs> poses and um yeah just so much stuff you know um and it was funny the first first night there there was a random dude with a big bowie knife in the bar and there would have been 10 people there and he's flashing it around i thought that's the craziest shit i've ever seen in a bar in the middle of a hotel there's a dude with a giant knife and no one no one it's just normal it's just perfectly normal and obviously that's blade show you know and um yeah, and I took a photo of this random guy, put it up on my Instagram, and then someone's going, you know who that is? I'm like, no idea, no idea. And then apparently it's one of the dudes that was on Fortune Fire as a host, and I'm like, oh, that's that's random. And he he loved the fact that I had no idea who he was because he's like, I hate that shit, you know, so it worked out really good. So, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's just one of those places if you uh, know the American knife-making industry and, and, the, and the few guys that are punching out stuff on social media, then those guys are there and, you know, they're normal blokes like us. They're obviously really good at what they do and they're, they're masters of their craft. But um, just because it's on Instagram doesn't mean they're not, you know, normal people doing normal things and they love to have a beer and a yarn and talk shit like the rest of us. Yeah, I don't know if they'll agree that um, with that association um, by saying the normal blokes like us, with the like us part, they, they, they think the Aussies are a bunch of nutcases well, it's just because we go like us. We like to go and have a good beer and a good drink and a good talk and arm wrestle at four well, o'clock in the bloody morning. Well, and... <laughs> yeah, well, that okay. Well, you know, I um, and, and yeah, what can I say? If you're gonna have a party, you may as well have a party. Oh yeah, four day party. So the disappointing thing, I guess, in terms of you being the sausage man, um, for most of those guys that were there, was you didn't. There was no sausage to bring out. Man, I I tried. I spent all of Thursday driving around, went to Costco, went here, went there. You know, obviously I didn't I didn't have the inside info, couldn't find Kransky anywhere. That I was devastated. Yeah. Once could. once I couldn't figure that out, I was just like, Well, I'm not getting a fry pan and a cooker for nothing. So, you know, um but you know, I'll be there next year and we can probably piece it together and Yeah. Well, they, uh, they eat brat or bratwurst as we call it here, brat. Yeah, well, and it's it's not bad sausage, but it's not cheese Kransky. No, well, there's nothing like that, is there? Yeah. And that's um, why we do it. It's good. Can you import cheese Kransky to America? Is that a thing? Yeah, imagine getting that. held up by the TSA because <laughs> you've got a bag full of cheese Kransky. <laughs> you can't find it there, Corey. You can't find it there. You'll yeah, have, you'll have to smuggle it in, mate. <laughs> imagine those fellas, you know. Well, you got all the sausage, boy. Yeah. <laughs> and they're putting the rubber gloves on. What else? Oh, yeah. yeah. And you carry on. Just you, Your bag would be diverted yeah. in security and you'd just be like, oh, oh shit. Here we go. Yeah, no, I, I found them to be awesome fellas. You know, they're really good fun and everyone was so generous with their time. And then, and then of course, there was all the crazy South Africans. You know, they were... Uh, oh, we, yeah. we, were we were almost... They, 
we gravitated to them, they gravitated to us, and the Americans just looked on going, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I reckon. Uh, there's, some, there's some really good people there, and that's a funny thing. Like I said, one night with, one night with your sort of, you know, your inhibitions down, uh, drinking alcohol and talking shit with these guys, and it's funny how it can actually just then suddenly you've just got this friendship that starts from it. Oh, look, you know, like Henning Wilkinson, you know, like... Henning, the bastard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's, yeah, all, always. You just hear across the Blade Show, you'd be walking along, you're Aussie bastards! <laughs> but, uh, but Henning, mate, he's he is um, an insane knife maker, making some absolutely beautiful uh, beautiful gear. And, and, and yet, you know, I consider him a good friend now. You know, he's talked to him... You know, uh, at least once a month, and message backwards or forwards regularly. You know, and it's um, it's good. You know, and it it's good. It, and again, I, I'm still blown away that I've got guys like that even you know considering messaging me. So you know, it's a it's a big growth time for me, as, you know, personally. Um, but you know, if if you turn up to these things and you, you you put yourself out there and you're generous with your time and you and and that sort of stuff, you know, these guys, the, the genuine people will. Uh, come along and, and uh, support you, Yeah, yeah absolutely. you know. And there was uh, Stuart, Stuart Anthony Smith. I'm going to give him a particular mention along with uh, Niels Vandenberg, who have been friends of mine for probably 10 years on Facebook, but I'd never met until this year. And um, yeah, I, I particularly love Stuart's shirt, which I was trying to get one, but uh, it, uh, it had on the back of it... Uh, I was making knives before it was cool or something like that. Yeah, forging before it was cool. Yeah, forging before it was cool, <laughs> yeah. You don't, didn't you get one of those? Oh, you bastard. You didn't. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> For anyone that's listening right at this moment, um, wondering you know, why that's a big point, um, we tend to have this thing going uh, between Corin and I, unofficially, of course, but... Um, he who can get the most knife maker T-shirts wins. I think Corin's still leading probably, but um, at last count when I did have a look, uh, my wife was basically saying we need to get a bigger house to create the um, T-shirt room. I've got and, the same problem. And uh, <laughs> when I came home from Blade this year, one of the first questions when I opened up my suitcase was, how many T-shirts did you get? <laughs> and I was like, oh, not many, uh, a few. <laughs> yeah, I, I have, I have, uh, yeah, a lot of T-shirts. Um, the, the, I, I might, I don't know if I have more, maybe, I don't know. But when I built the shed, my wife was, uh, she pulled all the T-shirts out, threw them on the floor and said, now you've got somewhere to put them. So I had to move them <laughs> out to the shed. But anyway, nice. that's all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we, my... we, we wait. There's, there's apparently rumor um, that there's there's a Sausage Man design T-shirt going to come up soon. So oh. I think we're all going to be we're waiting for that one. Yeah, well, um, I'll well, let's just say um, a couple of fellas um, who are involved in the the Knife Art Association. Uh, one of them being Riley Burns, just one day said, uh, you need a Sausage Man uh, Forge uh, Instagram account. And I said, what is that? And he goes, so I could easily populate your Sausage Man Forge, uh, you know, website. And I went, but I don't have a website. And he goes, yeah, you do. <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll you need your own Sausage Man, bro. I'm telling you, you need to start 
doing your own merch, like come up with your own sausage line. How about that? <laughs> well, uh, allegedly, and I, I, I've got a sneaking suspicion, although he will never admit it, that Andrew Smith has done some artwork for that. Um, I briefly saw for a few seconds, Riley flashed me a photo, you know, of some bearded lout with a frying pan uh, as a cartoon character. So, and I'm like, is that a thing or is that? And he's like, oh, no, you know, it's, it's something. A, it's a something. So um, <laughs> I'm thinking that there will be something happening very soon, but, um, you know, it's it's a process. And, you know, once we get to the end of that process, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be there. But, um, you know, I think... I think if I put a, order a 20 shirts in, they're already gone. You know, there's a few people oh, putting really? their hands up for them. So, you know. Yeah, you better be doing a pre-order. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. So I, I, have I guess with... Um, three or four to just to say thank you to Jamie for constantly keep fixing the shit that I break in my shop. Yeah. Okay. Well, Mert, I, it, it's back at you, mate. I'm happy that you let me, uh, you know, gr practice my grinding and, and forging and, and, you know, I'm, I'm blessed that you uh, spray me in hot borax, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> is that I baptized you with the borax. No, that is not code. There is a video proving that that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Cheeky bastards. There's, uh, there's a lot but, of people um, to, in all sincerity, Jamie, there's a lot of people that owe you thanks, including the whole industry, mate. When you come up there to places like Ironfest, Jamie's a qualified um, electrician. And you know everyone comes up and they enjoy the grinders running and they enjoy watching the uh, watching the power hammers and the forges with the electric blowers and all of that sort of stuff. What they don't realise is without guys like uh, with like Jamie and and Troy from Now and Knives who also assist with that, that that stuff wouldn't work. Uh, these guys put their hand into their pocket in their own time and and make everything work. And mate, big shout out, big um, vote of thanks from me. And also Jamie's delivery service, which I've used as well. It's a good one, isn't it, Kev? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for the sausage man delivery service to come out. Yeah, right. I can't wait to see that, man. I, I, want, to see, I want to see I the big... I need stack. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, shit. Here, here you go. Yeah, I'm going to be on Uber Eats or something. Kransky needs to go. Uber deliveries, Uber anything. It's just going to be on there. Um, now, I guess um, further to that, it's going to lead to Mert having a bit more of a chat to you because I've seen some stuff on Instagram. But um, I think the first time we met was at Everly Works, yeah? Yes, sir. So was that last year or the year before? I can't even remember. Oh. Some time ago anyway, in the last year or so, um, Everly Works had a... Um, an open day on Easter Friday. So I jump on a, a Murray's bus or a coach for those of our American people listening. I jumped on a coach and did the three hour trip up to Sydney and went along to Everly Works um, just to have a look and have some fun. And it might've been Riley that introduced us, um, but I, I met this Jamie guy who'd made a um, blacksmith knife and needed a bit of a hand forging. And I'm looking at this dude straight away thinking, Holy shit, man, this dude looks like that bloke out of the fucking Lord of the Rings. And I'm not talking the tall dude that sits on the horse with the sword. I'm talking the dude that lives on the ground, digging out shit and, and hunting down dragons that eat his gold. So I, I'm giving Jamie a hand. We went round and um, had a little laugh that I'm, I'm looking at this guy, with this massive beard. And the first thing he does when he gets onto the grinder is tuck his beard into his shirt and does the buttons up so that his beard didn't get stuck. So my first are at Jamie, um, you know, they're fun. It was good. Um, but since then, that, that was the first time I think, uh, I don't know if it was the exact first time I did knife, a knife, 
that was that was the uh, the story behind that was we had a forging competition at the knife symposium, which for everyone out there, I'd done one class at Everly, went to the knife symposium as my first thing in knife making, other than dicking around when I was like 15, 16, chopping shit out of, you know, old bits of mild steel. And then, yeah, so my second iteration in the knife making was taking that knife that I clearly didn't finish because Troy smashed it. Um, and I finished that that not blacksmith knife off at Everly that day. And it was the weirdest feeling because I turned up, there's no one forging, and Matt Mewburn goes, oh, you've been here before. You're the most qualified person in the room at the moment. Start forging something so the punters have got something to look at. <laughs> and I'm like, I've got no idea what I'm doing, mate. He's like, doesn't matter. You've done something here before. Off you go. And so I finished that knife to a point where we uh, we hardened it and just flame tempered it. And um, I said to Kev, I need to put an edge on this. And Kev's like, yeah, man, we can do that. No problem. So, yeah, that's where it all began, you know, like not more than 18 months ago, I reckon. Yeah. And then and then recently, this is where I was leading into with that as well, um, recently, um, Mert, you can take over here because you've been doing a bit of stuff with Jamie. Yes. Your uh, well... Jamie, I gave Jamie the pleasure of fixing the stuff I break in my shop because my shop is full full of dust. And despite my old efforts to keep it clean and dust extraction, like when you do like six, seven knife handles, dust gets everywhere. And I had my VFT broken, my rolling mill motor died, and Jamie came in. And also while he was there, we ended up doing some, we did a, um, we did a semi forging. So I was forging semi and while Jamie was there, I showed him how to make a semi billet and he made his own billet and two days ago he came in and we heat treated it and he ground it now and I think he took a knife home that he's going to hopefully post pictures of it, right, Jamie? Yeah, yeah, I've, uh, I've got it with me here, mate, yeah, so. We've got to fix it up. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll put my hand up and say I was on the last belt and had about one pass to go and I burnt the tip. Like a oh, complete amateur. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was like 210, 220 millimeter chef's knife. It was a Japanese style gyro, and we were at the it was almost done. Like one more pass, and like I'm I'm trying to grind, but I'm also watching and making sure he's not doing anything silly, and or his his beard doesn't catch the grinder. I turn around, there's like a giant black spot in the middle of the blade, not just on there, like in the middle oh. of the blade. And, he, he's yeah, devastated. devastating. He's devastated. <laughs> but he had like a one or two passes. We could have gone to hand sanding straight from there, but that last pass and he uh, he was devastated. I end up I end up shortening the blade a little bit and bringing it to the same spot that he left. But yeah, grinding yeah. is the hardest yeah. part of knife making. That all that all happens. It's a part of the game, isn't it? I mean, any of the new makers that are out there listening to this, um, post heat tree grinding. Um, is something that you've you've just got to get in and have a go at, and you'll probably screw up a few blades and make them smaller and reheat treat them and um, do a whole lot of other stuff or chuck them in the bin and start again if it comes to that. Uh, so it's definitely you know shit happens really. Well, it's like it's like any trade. You just you just got to learn from your mistakes and then try not to do them again and and then you know, ask the guys that know what the hell's going on. Why do I keep making the same mistake? 
you know, and that's why I enjoy hanging out with you guys because you're like, yeah, you pushed in the wrong spot there, mate. And it's just like, yeah, okay, that wasn't obvious at the time, but now it is. Well, the hardest you know? thing with the grinding is grinding is purely muscle memory. It's muscle memory. Like you, the, I grind comfortably in my shop because I know my grinders and I set my benches quite high, which didn't help Jamie because we have to get a little crate or something. And when I square my shoulders and like I hold my elbow like 90 degrees, I'm at my platform. I'm right at my platform. I don't have to lift my body. I have to do nothing. Like I just have to stay there and I have to go from left to right or right to left, whichever I'm grinding. But grinding is a muscle memory. I did some, I offered some classes a while ago and I was, I had people coming in doing semi nice with me. Some people had experience, some people had little, some people more, but everybody struggled with the same thing, grinding. If you're not grinding nice constantly, if you're not comfortable, grinding is the hardest thing to master. Forging is easier compared to grinding or yeah. hand sanding a blade. That's just grunt. Well, not with the forging. Obviously, you have to be more precise, but with the grinding, it's muscle memory. You stay there for a split second longer, you overgrind it, or you burn your edge. So grinding is, I think, that that takes the most repetition. Yeah, and it's, it's that same thing, though. As you were saying, Mert, like with your setup, um, even if you're an experienced knife maker um, and you go to someone's workshop and it's set up completely different, it, it throws you right out. Yeah. I had that when I went up to um, Chad's place one time. Um, he was looking at me like I was like um, an absolute fraud, for, to put it nicely. He was probably looking at me, uh, you know, like I was an absolute bloody spack, you know, because um, I jumped onto his grinder, which was a lot higher than mine. And, you know, just the whole thing felt awkward. And I was trying to grind these blades. And it was like almost like I was a beginner because the setup was just completely wrong. And you'll hear people say, if you're an experienced knife maker, you should be able to front up to anyone's workshop and, and do a good job. It doesn't matter, but I guarantee you, bloody well does. They're still adjusting, period. Like his grinder might be like, I think your grinder was a, 40, uh, do you use 48, 48 uh, inch belt? Yeah, or? I use 48. Yeah, I was, I'm on the 48. Yeah, I think your the size of your platen versus his and the how, yeah. how like, it's just different. It's yeah, similar. They, for example, when we went to the, we did a dagger course with the Kevin Cashin at uh, Everly. I have the same power hammer that Matt Mewburn has, the 25 kilo Enyang, but mine yeah. is elevated higher than his. And I had so yeah. hard time controlling it. It's the same hammer, foot pedal, everything same. I just couldn't control the way the way I could control mine because the the distance of the pedal of the floor felt different because mine is higher. Like I had to like kind of get down a little bit, then the push on, and yeah, it. Although if you look at it, yes, it's the same hammer. I should be feeling home, but I didn't. Yeah. Um, I was just saying, yeah, with why we've got Jamie here, although he's not going anywhere technically, but while we've got him here next to me, um, I guess from someone's perspective that has been to the knife shows that's not selling knives, but sees a lot of the new stuff that's coming through, um, especially this year, um, what are, what are your impressions, Jamie, of where the where the knife making industry is going in Australia for custom stuff in particular? I think, and 
especially it, it put it into perspective for me when I was at Blade Show talking to a lot of the guys over there. They're um, they are envious of the Australian knife making scene because for the most part, most of the Aussie knife makers are very generous with their techniques and um, you know sharing their skill set and how things are done. And okay, maybe not everyone shares every little nuance, which is fair enough. You've got to have your own style. But I think it comes back to the old term, you know, all ships rise on a high tide. I think that stuff that may have been top end, you know, four or five years ago is somewhere, you know, like the, the top's getting further ahead and the new guys coming in, um, their, their first knives off the bat are generally of a higher standard than what I've seen in the last two years or so. I've probably been lurking around for three or four years on the, on the forums and stuff. Um, and so, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of guys, I reckon there was probably what half a dozen guys at Sydney show. It was their first show. Um, you know, uh, Jeremy Haywood for one, it was his first show, but he's a, he's, you know, a tradie. He's also been a chef. He's or, or worked in a kitchen, um, and you know he's been making knives for a long time. But Sydney Show was his first show, and from from what I understand, he sold out. You know, um, there was a a couple other fellas that were there that you know um, their knives weren't to that standard, but their price also reflected where their knives were at. And I didn't think they were asking too much. You know, you, you always see someone that turns up with a knife that you would consider a $250 knife and they got five or $600 on it and it doesn't sell. And there's a reason for that. So I think going to a show and seeing the people is, is the best feedback because they will tell you straight away whether they think it's worth it or not. You always get the person that'll come in and lowball you and you shouldn't let that put you off. But if you've got a hundred people come past and they all go, I think it's a hundred bucks too high, then maybe they know what they're talking about, you know? So um yeah yeah and and i do get to see a lot of the show because i'm running around with a fry pan talking to people and a lot of it's only glances here and there but you see the tables with one knife left on it and you see the tables which they got all the knives that they started with in the first part of the show so um i think you need to test and measure the the audience you need to not be scared to drop your prices a little bit and sometimes you need to to hold out for that right customer if you know that your fit and finish is as good as anyone in the room and you've got a bit more money on that knife, then you just need to wait till the right customer walks up. And I, I guess, I don't know whether that's going to help anyone or not, but you know, to me, that's, but it's also a very vibrant, you know, from what I understand, the Sydney show was the biggest so far. And so it, it's growing, you know, it's, it's something that I'm really enjoying being involved with. And the crowd of people, the Australian knife making community is, is, the best community I've ever been involved with in my entire life. So it's um, it's good to be a part of it. Yeah, cool. That's saying something. Um, you guys got any other questions for Jamie? Oh. Well, when is, when is he launching a sausage brand? <laughs> yeah. we, uh, we might talk, Jamie and I might talk about that this weekend because I want shares in it. <laughs> oh, look, look, guys, I've... I I do have some mates that have got a uh, a farm that they uh, funnily enough they made um, salami I think on the 
yeah. on the weekend that City Night Show was on, and I'm like, couldn't you put it off another week, guys? <laughs> like, <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's um, yeah, th th there's possibilities on every front. I, I mean, it, it comes back to how much bandwidth you've got. You know, doing what I do. Um, sometimes I'll go to an event where I'm supposed to be doing something and I spend more time cooking sausage than I do actually doing what I'm supposed to do. So, and it's my thing and I, and I, and I, uh, and I'll run with that. And, um, I don't think you'll have any shortage of volunteers. Um, you know, if something does come of it, I don't think you'll have any shortage of volunteers, you know, helping you out want to see something come of it because something that just started as a, you know, like I said, good planning on your part to make your stay at the coast with your family nicer has just like just gone up like a fucking helium filled balloon and and just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and um yeah. i think it's unreal like i, I sit back and have a laugh <laughs> and, and our guest last week who was um you know one of the funniest people i've ever had a conversation like that with was michael cthulhu from um big heavy swords or big giant swords or big oh, fucking swords he is a Je funny the, dude, the jenga man which um Corrin, <laughs> I, I actually Corrin, <laughs> i never got a chance to say Corin. Uh, you probably anyone listened to the episode with um michael cthulhu there was not a sound problem in that with um all the stuttering um things from me it was just i couldn't get a word in edgewise because man he is a laughter to, he's got a story that goes a million miles an hour but he talked about his website that he did and it has the Jenga. He's standing naked behind the Jenga block and the little piece falls out. He um, Corrin, I, I, I was trying to um, say to you last week, Corin, didn't get a chance to get it in there, but um, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to play Jenga at your house again, ever. No, I know, um, right? It's just not going to happen. I looked at that picture and thought, the first thing that went through my head was I'll put it up on Facebook and then I thought, no, I better not put this up on Facebook. <laughs> it's, it is I'm literally... just worried that if I'm at your place and we're having family game night with you with your kids and um, they go they go to bed and the whiskey comes out, things are not gonna go well. <laughs> Big Jenga. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> you got to see the picture. I, um, I, if anyone wants to see it, um, you know, I, I'll, uh, I, I just got to find the appropriate forum on which to put it up because um, we've we've just got onto Facebook, we've just got onto all of these great things, iTunes and everything, and you know, having uh, pornographic uh, pictures of Mike playing Jenga <laughs> uh, may, may may see a short end to our podcast. That's the yeah, that's the funniest gif I've seen in a long time. I I, I laughed and laughed at that one. Come on, um, mate. I, I took it as tasteful art, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, Jamie, what was it like meeting your, um, like, alternate universe twin? Oh, it was... <laughs> it was like the Dwarves of Moria had come to life and were walking, walking weapons. It was pretty funny. I it's, oh. Um, I oh, we... Yep, keep going. No, no, go for it, mate. Sorry. I've got a question aside from Mike. Sorry, I've just, I can't get that image out of my head and I just want to change the subject. Um, <laughs> I, how are we going to bring, like, the Aussies at Blade Show, it's become a thing, right? In the pit, every night, we're there in various states of inebriation. Mate, how are we going to bring sausage to the States? I mean, I'm serious. We, we don't necessarily have to smuggle it in, you know? We don't need any cavity surges or anything like that. 
how are we going to make Sausage Man Forge present sausage at Blade Chase? Yeah, I, I'm genuinely disappointed that I didn't didn't put more effort in last time. It well, just we, got a we bit too too, much. Jamie, we were too, you know. Um, but I, I reckon I reckon a um I reckon a decent sized tip to the kitchen staff at the um, restaurant ne- next to the bar would get us access to a fry pan and a hot plate. Uh, I reckon we yeah. I reckon we could do it. Yeah, I reckon we could do it. I reckon that's that's the that's the plan of attack for next year is I, to yeah. get Sausage Man delivering yeah, sausage. I, I don't think we I don't think entirely necessary to do it during during Blade Show, but in the pit. In that, the pit, yeah. I mean the, the pit would be funny. That'd be hilarious. It'd be a start. It'd be a start. I'd like oh, to I'd like to see how you'd big <laughs> You'd need one of those push how trolleys. Blade Show though, mate. You'd need one of those push trolleys oh. like they sell hot dogs out of. <laughs> Imagine that I get mobbed. <laughs> like it, it's crazy enough when you got the punters at Sydney show want to have a handful of Kransky and I'm like, okay, no problem. You imagine ten thousand people. Imagine that lineup that's out the oh. front of Blade Show that goes all the way down, round the corner, out the street, down down the first block, and you're like, yeah, I'm taking this sausage to these guys. They'd be like, I'm breaking the line for that stuff. <laughs> people would camp out an extra night just to get some sausage yeah, from you. That was the craziest thing over there, wasn't it? Just camping out just yeah, to get in. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I guess felt, if you got a certain market. I felt really bad walking past them all going in before it opened. I didn't. I, I loved it thoroughly. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But that's the good thing about, you know, uh, working over there. You, you, you're, you're on the inside and it um, makes it a different experience, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's- well, I guess we, talk, we talk about on the podcast, well, we're only into our fifth episode, so, of course, we talk about it a lot because it's still pretty fresh. But we do talk about Blade Show um a lot and and i've said it a couple times i encourage anyone um that can get over there and experience it do it 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 is a really really cool experience and uh um i don't think anyone that's involved in knives whether they're a knife enthusiast or whether they're a maker um, would have any regrets about going over there um and just you know seeing what it's all about it's a completely mind-blowing experience i mean what what was your first impression jamie the first time you walked into that main hall uh, oh just blown away you know i think i pretty much walked through the door stopped with my you know mouth hanging open and then i picked up my phone and went i've got to get a photo of this and took a video and i just panned around uh yeah and and then i'm like and that's about a third of what you can see from that front door that you go into so um you know all the big giant booths up in the back corner and and then you know you just sort of all the master smith tables just blend in you know across the distance especially because i'm not super tall like you bastards are so you know (laughs) but um you know yeah it's it's overwhelming and you know hundreds of different tables of varying types of stuff you know damascus tables and you know antler tables and timber timber tables and you know all the different kinds of stuff you know i mean karen you were there with um paragon weren't you and, and they they were they were incredible um you know just the just the layout they had sitting there you know it's um and the fact that we got this sort of 
bump in on Thursday and there was sort of a quarter of the stuff set up and then by Friday morning, it's full. Yeah. You know, it just, those guys know how to set up and set up fast, you know. And same on the demo, they just, it, it emptied out like pulling the bathtub, you know, to plug out of the bathtub, it just drained out so quick. Everyone packed up and got the hell out of there, so. Yeah. Um, one of the other things, Jamie, that you were um, talking about with your travel over there was, um, trying to find somewhere to do uh, a course while you're over there. And one of the things that I was, you know, completely envious about, jealous of even, um, was that you went up to uh, the New England School of Metalwork and did a course up there. And that was with uh, who in particular? Um, Mr. Nick Rossi, yeah. Mr. Nick Rossi. Um, I met Nick only briefly. Like, I followed Nick's stuff for a long time. I love it. I love it. It's raw sort of work but the guy's like fucking talented as ever when you see what he does um but i met him briefly the first time i went to blade show and i had one of those fanboy moments myself where you're like yeah he was looking at my knives and saying they were nice and then introduces himself oh, i'm nick and you look at the name tag and you're like oh fuck it's nick rossi <laughs> and you're, you're trying to contain yourself because you're, you're a grown man having a 13 year old girl moment like with the fucking boy bands um, but what was your what was your time like up at that um, New England School of Metalwork, mate? Yeah, it was uh, it was funny. Um, New England School was awesome. Um, getting there was a bit of a thanks American Airlines. That was awesome. Got a got an impromptu day in Philadelphia, um, and I ended up rocking in at ten thirty at night. Um, and and yet it, once I got on site, um, seamlessly got into my room. Um, was ready to go the next day. I still, you know, the uh, the old time thing. So I was up at like four thirty in the morning, wandering around Auburn, Maine, <laughs> you know, in the industrial area, trying to find something to eat. So that was that was pretty funny. But yeah, once we got going, um, Nick's straightforward sort of guy, really incredible instructor. Yeah. Um, and and his his generosity was overwhelming with his knowledge and with his skill. And even, you know, took me out to lunch at the pub, you know, afterwards and yeah, took nice. me shopping for some camping gear that I couldn't find. <laughs> so, you know, it was just, it, um, you know, I, I just had an incredible experience, really, really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, I'm heading back to the States next year. So I'm looking at, you know, the next place I can go into a course at because, you know, so that's what it's about getting. So I heard, I heard there was another little rumor or story that I heard, mate. Um, we might quickly touch on because we we've been talking for a while and um, got no dramas with that because it's not not particularly boring. We'll find out otherwise. But I heard a rumor or a little story that could have been interesting, given that he's the sausage man. But um, you had an interesting time getting out of a particular city due to some parade or something that was. Oh yeah! Wow. Well, what was... happened there, mate? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, caught left. Yeah, left Auburn, Maine. Went to um, Portland, Maine. Um, sort of did the from the bus stop to the airport. Dropped off my bags. Went back into town. You know, did the did the, the Uber roundabout sort of thing, and then um, went down to Oldport, which you know sort of a bit of a tourist mecca. It's a bit like, you know, going to Salamanca place at Hobart, um, old buildings, you know, good coffee, sort of sat down, you know, um, my Uber driver showed me the three or four different places to, that I should check out, which was awesome. And, um, you know, and I, I noticed uh, 
lots of rainbow flags everywhere and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, oh yeah, cool. You know, everyone's out and about, you know, being proud. And, um, and then I asked someone and it started getting busier and busier and I'm like, so what's going on? And everyone's like, oh yeah, it's the, the gay pride march today. And I'm like, oh, okay, no problem. And then at a bit, and they sort of figured out it was going to be at midday and about 10, 10 to 12, I worked out that the march was going to be marching between me and my route back to the airport. And I didn't know how long this was going to go on for. And I'm like, I've got 10 minutes to haul my tubby ass up a hill to the other side so that I could get an Uber to get out of there because I didn't want to get stuck because, you know, it could go on for two hours and I don't get to my flight, you know. Obviously, Uber guys might have been able to find a way around, no dramas, but I had that moment of panic like, I'm going to be stuck again and miss my flight. Uh, you can imagine the headlines if that happened, though. <laughs> Sausage Man gets stuck in gay parade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. You know, oh, worst things, things have been said. How, how's that for a like, mad fucking adrenaline rush panic that you're going to get miss your flight? You've already been delayed overnight one time, one place, thanks to the airlines, but then your fault for not paying attention or not being aware is that you miss your flight because you got stuck in the middle of a gay parade. Well, it, 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 almost, it almost got a bit hectic. We, I, I got to where I thought, okay, I'm on the other side of town, got the Uber, got on the Uber, and then all of a sudden, like, 700 dikes on bikes come and surround the Uber. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, we're not getting out of here. So they turned left and we went right, and it was all good. But, you know, it was just... For a moment there, I went, oh, this is this is happening. Yeah, fuck, that's that's funny ass. I, I, I got to say, I had a good laugh uh, when I was listening to this story. I think it actually, I think that story, I reckon that story outweighs the the fruit fly story. Getting stuck in the gay pride parade on your way to the airport. Well, you know, that's that's how it, how it rolls sometimes, mate. You know? Yeah. So um, we're gonna we're gonna cut you off a little bit because. Um, there's other shit we want to talk about and I'm sure we could talk to you for another half an hour fucking easily, but um, stick stick around. Like You're literally like right here next to me. We're almost cuddling it so close next to this microphone, but um, we want to talk about, or between Mert and Corin and myself, we want to talk about tips and tricks and stuff um, about things in the shed. Um, now, Mert, you were, you were saying earlier um, before we went on air, um, you had some stuff you wanted to talk about. Yes. Well, okay. Um, I've been getting some questions about other makers about like the, hey, how you sculpt the handle? How do you get the knife shape? So basically, what I want to explain to people like the way I work is, I used to just I used to just wing it. I just like make a knife, forge it, and grind it, and like oh, I end up with this knife. Let me make a handle, and I'll just start grinding the handle. I w- I wasn't measuring much in terms of like trying to make a handle or the blade. But then, then your work is not consistent. It's very hard to replicate. Just like back then when I was cooking, the one of the most important thing in a kitchen was being consistent. Like your food looking the same, tasting the same. The only way to make it consistent was the using recipes. Also having like standard things. Like you had to put a this many, you had to put three carrots to go with it, or had to be this big, or you had to go on a large plate. So how I translated this idea to my knife making is. I'm using stencils. So anybody, anytime somebody's asking me about like, hey man, I like the blade shape. How'd you get to that? Or I like that your handles are looking same 
yes, they look insane because I made the little stencils out of a perspex or a little plastic, this clear to plastic. And when I'm done with my, with my forging or when I'm done, when I'm about to make a handle, I pick my handle material, put the stencils right next to it. So I know every time I make a handle, my handle is the same size. Or if I have a blade shape that I like doing it, I make the same stencil out of a mild steel. So when I'm doing my forging, I can compare the actually the forge blade to the stencil that I know if I have enough steel or if I'm going too much or too small. So I know where I'm at. So by creating stencils, you can make your work a lot more consistent. So yes, making stencil might take you 10 minutes, 20 minutes, let's say half an hour. But that half an hour, you can make that time in, in like a month. Because let's say that you made a blade and it's too long. Then you go back to grinder, you fix it, or you make a handle, it's too short, too long. The best way to avoid it is just get yourself some stencils. For example, if I make a Japanese style handle, if my blade is 24 centimeter long, I make a handle stencil for about 14 centimeters. I measure it, I cut it, then next time I'm making a handle, that stencil is there. So I'm, I'm not going like how, should, how big I should be making it. How wide should yeah. be my handle? How What should be my blade looking like? So make yourself a favor, guys. Just spend like half an hour. Get yourself a little Persplex or even Mild Steel or G10, MyCard <laughs> or whatever you want to use. Just make yourself some stencils. That will save you a lot of time and your work will be consistent over and over versus trying yeah, to find it versus like winging it and trying to... Well, let me remember how the shape of the handle was. There's, there's a ton of resources available, um, like for blade shapes and stuff online. Yeah. And I always say to people, um, you know, take the time to have a look and, and see what you like. And, and there's no, no harm in using uh, a template that someone else has done because you know, if it's a good one, or if you think it's a good one, use it. All right, that's, that's, a, that's a good thing. Consistency is the key, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, good, good tip. I've got, I, I've got templates, um, the same thing, mate. I've got um, standard templates for my four inch or four and a half inch hunters, and I've got some standard templates for um, for the kitchen knives. Really, just saves you. Yeah, you, know, you pick out a piece of timber, a good bit of timber, put your template on it, and you'll soon find out whether the timber is going to be the right size. So, saves a bit of fluffing around. It does. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, Karen, you got any uh, tips that you want to offer? Yeah, look, I just picked one up today. Okay, just as a matter of fact, and I was watching, uh, I'm watching a guy called Pass Makes on YouTube, who I'm going to give a shout out to later, or I might just bring it forward because I'm talking about him. Look him up, Neil Paskin, Pask Makes on YouTube. Neil's um, basically makes all sorts of things out of scrap wood and so forth but recently he's been doing a few knives and he made one i just can't describe that i mean it's a skeletonized handle did you guys see it at all yeah yeah you sent the picture through that was cool yeah so it's uh it, it's basically says pask makes in the in the handle and it's all cut out and filed out by hand and to get into the detail and as you know barrel knives have got a lot of detail he simply took some rhino wet sandpaper and just got some packing tape, put packing tape on the back of it, and then cut it into small strips. So it became tiny little strong shoe shiners that could get into nooks and crannies 
and clean out little nooks and crannies without breaking apart, which to me was a, it's a game changer. I'm going to be using that one for sure. Um, yeah, I've seen that same. I've seen that same tip on Instagram, but I've can't for the life of me remember who it was. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, that was the first time I saw it, so that was pretty good. And the other thing is, we we released a new um, a new product during the week at Gamaco, uh, which was um, Rhino Stick, which is Rhino wet sandpaper with PSA adhesive on it. So it's a it sticks to it sticks to your standing sanding stick if you like. Yeah. So yeah, that's just come out. I was I was kind enough to get a little bit of that um, to have a play with, but at the moment, like I said, with my friggin' thumb, um, hand sanding's an even more painful task than it used to be. So I'll get onto that. Hopefully, uh, I've got a couple of like plans to get back into the workshop slowly, but I'll I'll get in myself and have a crack at that stuff, and hopefully be able to give a bit of a um, a bit of a point of view for for next time. In line with that um, sticky Rhino wet product. Um, one of my tips that when I get people around here and we're doing hand sanding and stuff um, is go onto one of the like eBay or somewhere and find someone that's selling various size scraps of aluminium bar stock, um, you know, small, long, thick, fat, whatever, and buy a bunch of that and and practice using that for your hand sanding bars. Um, and I when when I got that um, rhino rhino stick. Um, I was thinking that exact thing is like, man, this is this is going to be sweeping. Yeah, it's going to stick on there. I'm going to, I reckon it'll, um, I reckon it'll increase the, or decrease the time taken, but probably actually give you a better finish on it too. It'll be interesting to see. I've not used it. I've got a bit of a sample there, but you know, I've made my knife for the year, so I have to, uh, have to slow down. No, seriously, I am going to make another one before the end of the year. Well, time's ticking, mate. Stop talking about it and get it freaking done. You guys got to hold me to account. I'm relying on you. <laughs> <laughs> we will. Don't you worry. And and however large our audience base is now, um, they're going to hold you to account too. I see uh, progress pics actually up on the um, on the Instagram page. I've actually cut... and the website and on on the um, Facebook page. Uh, yeah, I've cut I've cut some um, <laughs> I've cut some steel out, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's progress. <laughs> <laughs> it's a start. Now, um, one of the things that we've we've been putting it um, putting it out there to people is, um, you know, for questions and answers. Anyone's got any questions and answers? Uh, questions they want answered, or I guess when it comes to it, um, if we hit up a question and we're not real sure, um, you know, I think Dr. Carl on on Triple J quite often puts it out to his listeners that if anyone else is more experienced. Um, feel free to send us an answer to a question too. But um, did we get anything through? I don't know if we got anything through. I think we're still fresh uh, on this and it'd be interesting to know um, were there any questions for us? I got one on Facebook, but it had something to do with someone's uncle's donkey or something and I'm not too sure it was relevant. <laughs> yeah, all right. I'm not sure if you're looking at the uh, Knife Maker Down Under podcast page, mate, or something to do with Down Under Somewhere Else page. Ah, right. <laughs> yeah, easy mistake to make. <laughs> you're looking at um, how to fix that rash.com. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Matt, did you, did you have any questions from anyone? What's that, man? Have you had any questions from anyone come through? No, I didn't get any questions, but one thing that I saw on Instagram that I want to talk about is, like, two days ago, I'm scrolling through Instagram, I see, like, people putting disclaimers, 
Uh, don't forget tomorrow starts the Instagram role where they can uh, go on and like people getting paranoid saying that Instagram is going to start now owning their accounts and all the content and people saying if you don't say like uh, Instagram does not have my permission to share this. Okay, I need everybody to calm down. When you sign up to Instagram or any other social media service, there's a box. There's a box at the bottom saying that I read the, I read the terms on conditions. So I don't know how many of you guys read the conditions, but when you sign those conditions saying that whatever I put is yours, I'm using your service. Thank you for providing your service. You got none of that. Okay. You got none of that, right? Or don't, don't, don't go crazy about like all of a sudden Instagram with, is going to take your account with like 20 followers and oh, yeah, I want to take this guy account and use all the pictures. No, that's not going to happen, man. And the funny thing is many people that I know fell through like, it's not just the makers, and it's like some of the, some of the athletes I follow, some of the public figures, and you keep seeing these oh, yeah. stuff over and over. Like, no man, yeah. this is not going to happen. Or that just, disclaimer you put is yeah. not going to prevent anything. Spend that time searching Instagram for giveaways and repost their pictures and pages because that's going to get you a chance at getting something. Oh. Like you were saying, post up this stuff, and people just have a laugh and go, "For fuck's sake, really." I don't read the terms and conditions because I know that it's going to say somewhere in there, we own you and we own your product or whatever you're doing. And you want to use a service like Instagram, especially, you know, in a business sense where you're going to make sales. Hell yeah, they own you. You're, you're getting something out of it. Uh, it's funny to see these things crop up every now and then. Um, I don't know if Snopes still exists. Um, you can go on and debunk a lot of these things pretty quickly if you want to spend five minutes on the, on the web. But, it doesn't even take yeah. five minutes, Kev. Doesn't even take. Nah, five seconds. Yeah, yeah. I, I was disgusted during the week when, uh, when my own mother, a research scientist, an entomologist, and, and you know, <laughs> a, a member of Mensa posted it up, and I just put on there, "Mum, you're losing it. It's over. You know, <laughs> I'm going to get you home." <laughs> I think I was, Mert, Mert put it up on his story, tongue in cheek, and I don't know. I'm pretty sure I sent at least one abusive message towards Mert over it <laughs> no what i said was like be careful from tomorrow now on instagram can suck your lives in the countless hours of scrolling down for stupid yeah. shit. <laughs> wow. yeah. hey look we're, we're getting to that um you know the tail end of our i guess our time to keep people interested although like i said with jamie here it's been very interesting um any shout outs that you guys want to give um to people that you've you know seen heard cool things done uh have been nice to you or whatever um i guess now's the chance anyone want to jump in well yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna give a, a proper shout out to pask makes youtube channel i think it's i think it's imperative that we do that because he gave a shout out to us in his video i got lord knows why but he actually posted yeah, a, link to our, a link to our podcast now i'm going to put it out there we've got about six followers now so I think all six of you should duck over and follow uh, Pask Makes on YouTube and Facebook and everything because, um, or oh, and Instagram because he is a top bloke and um, he does really great work and his little forays into knife making have taught me stuff because the guy comes at it from an approach that that a knife maker wouldn't and and inevitably you see him doing things and think wow like i never even thought of that as an option so he's a great channel check him out and thanks for the shout out if you're listening again mate yeah that's awesome thank you dude well well appreciated um i want to give a shout out to the guest jamie 
um, for being one for being our guest, two for delivering my um, um, drill because he did have other things planned uh, which aren't happening now. So he's made a special trip down. So I'll have to look after him this weekend. And I also want to give a shout out to one of our recipients from last week um, who won the um, comment about me being under the table, and that's Yeno, um, who came by my house the other day um, to drop something off for me, and he's made this. I'll post up a picture on the on the page, but he's made up this handmade, hand painted Kev's Forge sign for my workshop, and it, it it blew me away, man. Like I was for one of the few times in my life, like speechless, stunned. Um, by how someone could, you know, take their own time to make something so cool just to give to you because, you know, they like what you do. And it was like really, really humbling. Um, oh, and he also brought around um, some of his dad's um, salami, which I'm going to share a bit with Jamie because, man, it, it's freaking good too. So big shout out to Yeno and a big shout out to the guest that's right here, um, Jamie. Matt? All right, mine goes to Riley Burns. He's, he goes under the bespoke knife photography on, on Instagram. Um, he's the guy, I'm sure we all talked about him. He's also has a role in the Knife Art Association. Uh, he took a few of my pictures when I was, he, he kind of showed me how to take better pictures of the knives and he's helped me a lot of times when needed. So I just want to give a shout out to Riley Burns and Anytime, anytime I'm talking about like buying equipment and he sends me the links, like, there you go. I found a used one for you. So he's, he's doing his best to spend my money, but he's been a great help. Yeah. I'll, I'll back that up because when I screwed my thumb up, um, and, and went into that business mode of shit, I'm going to, this is going to take time to heal. Um, Riley hosts my website along with a number of others, uh, and does a fantastic job. So there's a little bit of a plug for Riley, uh, in that sense, um, yes. but I just, called, I just called. Yeah, I just called Riley straight away and said, "Listen, mate, I've I've just fucked my thumb up. Um, can you go into the admin side of my website and and shut my calendar down because I can't have people book until I know what's going on?" Um, and he did not only did that, but then gave me a list of all the people that were booked, like like close to that time that accident occurred. Um, so that I could contact them and you know, and let them know what had happened and um, go with that. So that's sort of you know the um, yeah you know, he's a friend of mine as well. So it, it's the above and beyond stuff. But yeah, man, I I reckon he definitely deserves a a shout out for um you know his role that he's playing in the um, knife community. He's currently he's, his Instagram handle is Bespoke Crafts Photography. I said it wrong. It's Bespoke Crafts Photography. He's also yeah. he also made my website, so I'm I'm really happy about it. He's also the secretary yeah. at the moment of the Knife Art Association, and he's putting in a lot yeah. of hours, a lot of his own time, into getting things happening. Um, at the moment, he's yeah. working on getting the symposium going. Uh, as as former secretary to the Knife Art Association, I know how much work's involved in that, and um, you know, all hats off to him for having a go and and doing a great job. Right, yeah. you the man. Very good. All right, well. I've got to go and uh, drop a, uh, this sounds funny. I've got to go and give a friend a lift to the hospital. <laughs> he, a friend that had uh, a, a small mountain bike accident that ended up in a big injury um, and he's had shoulder surgery. So um, he put a call out to me 
um, saying, could I take him to the hospital? And having had a lot of help from people uh, in the last week and a half where I haven't been allowed to do anything, uh, I'm more than happy to do that. So I've got to, got to disappear like in the next few minutes anyway. Um, but next, next episode, uh, episode six, we'll, we'll go through and uh, hopefully entertain you guys. We've got a couple of um, people on the list to contact to see if they want to be a part of our little uh, thing here. And uh, I can't give you who they are just yet, but, you know, stay tuned to find out more. <laughs> and hopefully we can have someone as entertaining as Sausage Man along. Um, Jamie, do you want to give a shout out to anyone while you? Um, <clears throat> well, I've got a couple if that's all right. Yeah. Um, well, Riley for one, like he's. Uh, oh, we've done that, bloke. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> uh, he, I, I'm here now because of Riley. So yeah, that, true, true. Um, and one of his side projects, which is the Hunter Valley Hammering. Um, yeah. We just do a, a, a small hammering with all the guys up in the Hunter, which is uh, fantastic fun. And I just want to give a shout to uh, Bjorn Jacobson because I got to go to Blade Show uh, on on his ticket, you know. So I paid my own way over there, but I got in the door because of him. So Very Bjorn nice. and Creative Man, you know, that's that. That's the reason I was there and able to go behind the scenes. So I really, really appreciate that. And, and so a good guy and supporter of the industry too. So yep. Yeah. So anyone have anything else they want to add before we disappear? No. Oh, better say, better say, Toby Murrell too. He's doing his bit to help out with his uh, his YouTube channel. He's doing a lot for the industry, interviewing people at Sydney Show. So uh, yeah, yeah. The Knife Art Association actually got him to do some interviews. So yeah, I'm so glad we're going to be able to get out Toby Foreign Steel on YouTube. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's about it. Thanks everyone for um, listening. Uh, we've gone over. We're trying to keep our or get our podcast to about the one hour mark. Um, we kind of fail a little bit. So thanks for listening. That extra three hour Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank, thanks for everyone for listening um, to the extra bits. But when you've got good things to talk about, I don't think you should put a time limit on it like that. So uh, we'll get there, you know, and, and we're on iTunes and we're on Podbean and we're on uh, Spotify, Spotify and and where else? Anywhere else? You're on know, YouTube. And we're you're on YouTube. It, wherever you're listening to it, yeah. get on there, give it a review, tell us what you think. If it's a bad review and you want to tell us how shit we are, you can just tell us by PM. We, we're quite happy to take that. But we need we need yeah. we need some improvements. We know that. So tell us what you want. And otherwise, just give us a, give us a five star. Help us rank a bit better on those uh, on those channels. That'd be great. Yeah, we'd love that to happen. That'd be awesome. Yep. Righto. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Kev. See you, thanks, Matt. guys. See you, Sausage See Man. Thanks, Have a good and, and thanks again, guys, for uh, doing this podcast. I've enjoyed every episode so far, so thank you. Good on you, thanks mate. Thanks for coming,